When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, my name is Anne. Recently, a very unusual story happened to me, and I want to share it with you. My story started when I fell in love with Gregory, and it caused me a lot of pain. Gregory was, as I thought at the time, the most handsome guy in our school. He knew so much, read a lot of books, and he looked like some kind of 19th century writer or poet. And while my girlfriends were all over the guys in the school rugby team, I thought about my Gregory day and night and dreamed that one day he'd pay attention to me. But for some reason, he was in no hurry to do so. And every day, I suffered more and more. I practically stopped talking to my girlfriends and spent all my free time in my room, checking out my sweetheart's social media pages. Gregory lived a very interesting life. And I also lived his life, forgetting all about me, struggling to figure out how to get his attention. Don't ever do that, girls. You will never interest anyone if you're not even interested in yourself. After noticing that my mood was getting worse and worse every day, my parents decided it was time for a change of scenery. When the summer break started, I was able to get away without having to take a break from school. They decided to send me to Aunt Jackie's place in another town. Why not? Especially since Gregory was away at a Lord of the Rings reunion in the nearby state. At first, I got an idea of quickly reading Tolkien's book and going over there to get to know my favorite boy a little bit better. But when I saw how much I would have to read in a week, I realized that my idea was doomed to fail. Long story short, I packed my bags and went to my aunt's house. Aunt Jackie was very happy to see me. She promised me she wouldn't let me get bored and sad. Tomorrow, we'll go to the city park. She chirped happily. There will be a big party. You'll like it for sure. However, the party didn't look very cool to me. Stupid contests, songs and dances, and a bunch of people I didn't care about. Couldn't make my thoughts of Gregory go away. I kept checking his social media feeds, watching my handsome boy having coffee with the guys he met at that reunion, and sighing because I couldn't be there. At some point, my aunt looked at my phone screen, saw Gregory's face on it, and guessed everything. She understood why I had no appetite, and I didn't talk to her that much, even though we used to be able to talk for hours about anything and everything. Aunt Jackie took me away from the crowd to a quiet corner of the park. She sat me down on a bench and told me her story. Turns out, when she was a little older than me, my aunt fell in love with her classmate. She suffered just as much and was afraid to talk about her feelings. The misery lasted for several years, until her lover left for another country. From there, he called Aunt Jackie and told her that he was going to undergo a complicated heart surgery in another country. 
The boy was very afraid that something terrible would happen during the surgery. So he decided to come clean that he was in love with Jackie all these years. Of course, my aunt immediately said that the feeling was mutual. That boy is doing good now. He recovered, but he stayed with his parents in another country. I'll never forget how I felt when I realized I could never talk to him again, Anne. Tears came to my aunt's eyes. I felt like such a fool. Because of my insecurities, I didn't even think that Kevin could love me too. What if that guy in your phone is also thinking about you? I brushed it off. He doesn't even know I exist. Then it's time for him to find out. This idea seemed really stupid to me. But what if Aunt Jackie was right? I nodded. My aunt got up from the bench and went somewhere, leaving me alone with the phone in my hands. Well, it was time to put everything straight. My fingers weren't working very well, but I was able to press the record button. After catching my breath, I pointed the phone camera at myself and did what I should have done a long time ago. I recorded a confession for Gregory. Dear Gregory, my name is Anne. You don't know me and I've been following your life every day for six months now. I don't want to keep my thoughts and feelings inside anymore, so I'm going to read you a poem I wrote a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I wrote a love poem for Gregory. Do you think that's silly? Well, I don't know. I thought it would be terribly romantic at the time. And we'll be together forever. I read the last line of the poem. I was about to finish my recording when suddenly I heard my own voice. And we'll be together forever. It echoed somewhere nearby. I heard bursts of laughter and shouts of, Cool, come on, Anne! Still not realizing what had happened, I turned my head. I felt like I was going to pass out. There was a small stage set up in the middle of the park. On the stage was a huge screen. And on that screen I saw... Myself, sitting on a bench, phone in hand. The crowd around the stage erupted in applause. My God, what an embarrassment. It turned out that right next to the bench where my aunt took me, local journalists were filming a report about the festival. That report was being streamed live right on that huge screen. I read my poem so loudly that I just couldn't help but draw the attention of the journalists and the cameramen. I'm still embarrassed about it. I ran away from the park followed by the screams and laughter, in tears and totally convinced that my life was over. Anne, stop crying. Aunt Jackie did her best to comfort me that night. Tomorrow, these people will forget all about you and about what happened. They won't forget anything. They'll be pointing at me and making fun of me. When? You're going home soon. Really, I was going back in a few days to a town where no one knows about my embarrassing moment. When you come back next time, they'll forget all about it. I sobbed and hugged my aunt. It wasn't her fault and she was trying hard to help me. Before I went back home, I would go out wearing a medical mask and in my aunt's wig that she bought me back in the 90s. That stupid wig made me look like a young Cher. It was really funny. And it was nice that at least something in that story was starting to seem funny to me. Even though just a day earlier, I was planning to change my name and move to Africa. I went home and tried my best to forget about the mess I created. My feelings for Gregory, oddly enough, began to fade. Because of him, I experienced the worst embarrassment of my life. And that's where I would have liked to end my story if it weren't for one but.
A few months later at dinner, my parents told me the unpleasant news. They decided to move to the same town where Aunt Jackie lives. But why move there? Isn't there any other town? I was horrified. I was sure no one had forgotten my last year's embarrassment. Aunt Jackie suggested we start a family business. Daddy explained. And in this town, we have every chance of becoming millionaires. Oh my God, we'll become millionaires in any other town. But everything was already decided. My parents weren't falling for my whims because they didn't know about that story. My aunt and I agreed to keep it a secret. And now I'm back in town where every dog knows that I'm in love with Gregory. Everyone has forgotten all about it, Anne. My aunt assured me. Sure they have. People don't forget about embarrassing moments like this. I tried to convince myself that everything was okay. I did that all the way to the new school. But at the gate, I couldn't help myself and started crying. What should I do? Maybe Africa wasn't such a bad idea. Well, I had to calm down. I opened my bag and rummaged through it for tissues. And then I found it. My lifesaver. A medical mask that had been there since the pandemic. Of course, no one would recognize me in this mask. My hair has grown a lot in a year. I dyed it a different color. And my face is covered up nicely with this mask. It was a real lifesaver. When I walked into my new class, the teacher introduced me. Meet Ann Dreiser. She will be in your class. The pimply boy in the back row laughed. <laughs> Her name is Ann. Remember? Like the dumb girl who embarrassed herself last year. Laughter rolled around the classroom and I could hardly contain my shaky knees. No way! They all remembered! The school day went by in a daze. I couldn't hear what the teachers were saying. I couldn't remember what I was doing during recess. All but the last one, when a couple of girls from my new class came up to meet me. Why are you wearing a mask? One of them asked. I've... I've been sick recently. I'm afraid I haven't quite recovered yet. I even had to change my voice, so the new classmates wouldn't recognize me. That night, I locked myself in my room and called Aunt Jackie. They remember everything! It can't be. You're making it up. I told her what happened during the first lesson and my aunt sighed. I wish they were that good at memorizing school stuff. And you can't go around in a mask forever. You have to open your face and put them in their place. Can't walk around in a mask forever? What if I could? But of course, the mask drew even more attention to my person. One day during recess, the principal called me into his office. I was surprised to see mom and dad. Oh, they were not happy. It turned out that the teachers were very concerned about the illness that I'd been telling everyone about. And the principal called the parents in to talk to see if I was in danger to other kids and if my family needed help. Of course, mom and dad didn't know about the disease. Anne, take off your mask. My mother told me, Principal Bright, as you can see, our daughter doesn't look sick at all. The principal nodded, taking a promise for me and my parents that I wouldn't scare anyone else and he let me go. Anne, what's with all these stunts? My mother came at me as soon as the principal's office door closed behind us. Well, I had to tell my parents about that horrible story that happened to me a year ago during my break. God, Anne, but that's ridiculous. Daddy frowned. The whole school can't remember you. 
One person, two, put them in their place and get on with your life. Oh, how easy it is for adults. Just as I was talking to my parents, one of the students passing by screamed, Look, it's Anne who loves Gregory. Dozens of school children came running out screaming, and they all stared at me. What are you talking about? What are you, 10 years old? Dad yelled at them. But the boys, as you can imagine, don't give a damn what the grown-ups have to say. At a family meeting that evening, we couldn't decide what to do now. Dad and Aunt Jackie insisted that I put everyone at school in their spot. And Mom and I were determined to move to another town right away. What about our business? Dad was indignant. Yes, of course it's a shame to lose the opportunity to build a profitable business. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera, right in my room. This couldn't be happening. Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi, my name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other good night, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. The pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way. <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's faces changed, and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course. The best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and toss the phone aside. And these are my best friends? 
I watch the notifications from the share chat up on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination, but the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I'd never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered. We need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick, and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise, and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation, and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready. I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise. Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her. They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. 
Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. A hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show? Like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have, but I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show. And you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly. Don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning over breakfast without getting too emotional. They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends for days now have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? I know everything! Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing, feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dare to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on, and then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, They'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori, and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. 
I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago. Mom explained, there's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week. To relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video. I woke up to a loud pop. Frightened, I called out for my boyfriend. Tom? Tom! But Tom wasn't there, so I had to find out what had happened. I cautiously looked through the window. I saw my boyfriend coming down the drain pipe, and some girl was loading bags into it. One of the bags burst, and our family jewels scattered all over the pavement. You can't imagine how shocked I was. Tom, what's going on? I yelled. The guy, meanwhile, jumped to the ground, walked over to the girl, and kissed her defiantly. Then he shouted, I used you to steal your family's money. The whole world came crashing down at the same moment. Tears rolled down my face. Stop. You probably don't know what's going on at all, do you? Let me start from the beginning. My name's Lissa. My parents own a huge factory and were rich, very rich. How did I meet Tom? And why didn't I realize right away that he was pretending to steal our mansion? One day, I was walking through the mall with my friend Lily. We walked from store to store until we reached the most expensive boutique in town. The name spoke for itself, luxury. Once inside, we immediately noticed the stunning shoes. Gold color, decorated with rhinestones, unbelievable. The price was not significant, $200,000. But I fell in love with them at first sight. So without thinking twice, I took the shoes to the checkout counter. I was greeted there by a guy with the name Tom on his badge. Did you see the price? He asked in surprise. Yes, 200,000. Here's the credit card. Tom almost dropped his jaw as he processed my purchase. He packed my shoes very carefully and Lily and I headed for the exit. Suddenly, Tom called out to us in an uncertain voice. Excuse me, I'm gonna finish soon. Would you like to have some coffee? Lily and I looked at each other, and then, without even turning around, we laughed out loud. We found the idea of going out for coffee with an ordinary salesman hilarious. My friend and I said goodbye in the parking lot. As I was driving down the highway, in my rearview mirror, I noticed a suspicious car that seemed to be following me. Even pulling into the grounds of my mansion, I saw the same car drive by slowly. Maybe it was just a coincidence? And he was on his way. I walked into the house, a huge mansion on the outskirts of town. Already in the bedroom, I unpacked my purchase. 
I twirled in the shoes in front of the mirror for a while. Very beautiful. I wish I could have gone to school in them and wowed everyone. Even though my family was one of the richest in town, I still had to go to an ordinary school with children from poor families. Unfortunately, there were no other schools in the area. Oh, what a contingent it was. For example, the next day while I was walking down the hall, some nitwit shoved me, which caused the books I was carrying to scatter all over the floor. What a jerk. I gritted through my teeth. I agree. Someone handed me one of the books. I looked up and saw the cashier from the store. Tony? I asked in surprise. Tom, actually. Actually, I don't care. I'm new here. Can you show me around the school? I laughed out loud without another word, carried on with my business. At the end of the day, there was a nasty surprise waiting for me in the parking lot. One of my tires was flat. Oh, crap. Wow, that looks like a serious puncture. Tom whistled. It was like he'd appeared out of thin air. I was not in the mood and barked, Piss off! Okay, just wanted to help you with changing the tire. Wait! <sighs> I sighed heavily. The spare's in the trunk. Tom jacked the car up and replaced the tire. He did it easily, like he'd been doing it since he was a kid. When he was done, the guy asked me, How about a cup of coffee now? Just for a little while? I only said yes because he helped me. Tom nodded and jumped in the car. We drove to a coffee shop nearby. At first, Tom struck me as very chatty, but I had to admit, his stories were very funny. One of them made me laugh so hard, <laughs> I even got coffee coming out of my nose. After the cafe, I volunteered to give Tom a ride home, but he politely declined. I shook my hands, started the car, and drove off. I could forget about the meeting, but at dinner, I accidentally spilled grape juice on the white tablecloth, and in the red stain spreading across the table, I suddenly saw Tom's face. There were his cheekbones, his forehead, his funny ears. I admired the stain and sighed languidly. My mother's voice brought me back to reality. Maybe you can help me take off the tablecloth. Okay, Mom. I spent the rest of the evening cleaning the stain and thinking about Tom. This had never happened to me before. I think I'm in love. When I met Lily at school the next day, I told her everything. My friend frowned. That Tom came out of nowhere. Don't you think that's weird? You're right. I should have gotten some information about him. Lily was worried about me. She was my best friend, and she was the only one who could deal with my hot temper. And what was our surprise? When we met Tom again outside the school, in his hand, he held a glass of coffee. Here, your favorite, with almond syrup. I remembered. The guy winked. Oh, thanks. But Lily and I have to run. I grabbed a glass, and my friend and I quickly left. I needed a break to find out who this Tom really was. So at night, I planned to check all social media and find out more about him, but not until after the gym, which I did every Wednesday. I stayed a little longer than usual that day. So I had to walk through the dark parking lot to get to my car. Just when I was opening the door, I heard a whistle. When I turned around, I saw the figure of a huge boogeyman emerge from the semi-darkness. He muttered, Beautiful car. Must be expensive. His stone gave me a good scare. I wanted to run away, but my legs stopped responding. I'll call the police. But it wasn't so easy to scare the man. 
He had already stretched out his arms to grab me. I squeezed my eyes shut with fear. But a few seconds passed and nothing happened. I cautiously opened my eyes and saw Tom. Next to the guy was the defeated boogeyman lying on the pavement. He was shaking his fist and screaming in pain. Come on, let's get out of here, shouted my savior. You, you saved me, I whispered. Tom put me in the passenger seat and he jumped behind the wheel. The car screeched out of the parking lot. I told Tom the address of my house. When we pulled up outside the mansion, the guy exclaimed, Wow, this house is huge. While he admired the mansion, I admired him. It was great that he'd saved me and brought me home unharmed. Tom started to say something, but I didn't listen. I clung to my savior and kissed him. Tom hugged me and we kissed for a few more minutes. However, it was time to say goodbye. At home, I couldn't stop thinking about my Prince Charming, and I fell asleep with a smile on my lips. So, did you find out who Tom really is? Lily asked me the next morning. Yes, he's my hero, my savior. My friend was confused when she heard me say that, but I didn't have time to go into details. I wanted to see Tom as soon as possible. So, I invited him over to my house for dinner. Come over tonight, and I'll show you around the mansion. I'm sorry, but I'm not ready to meet your parents yet. He hesitated. Don't worry, they're gone for the weekend. Tom closed his locker, smiled, and nodded. In the evening, I met him on the doorstep, and we had a real tour of my house. We visited almost every room. But for some reason, that study interested him the most. He was looking around with a keen eye. He was especially interested in my dad's safe. Tom kept looking at it and then suddenly started asking strange questions. When did your mom and dad meet? When were you born? And your parents? I was glad that Tom wanted to know more about me and my family, so I gladly answered all of his questions. After the tour, I invited the boy over to the table. We ate and chatted happily, and then Tom poured me my favorite grape juice. I was extraordinarily lucky to meet you here to our meeting. And you. Bottoms up. Wonderful toast, Tom. We clanked glasses, and I drank the juice. Suddenly, my phone rang. It was Lily. I had to leave the table, go up to my room and answer it. My friend was really hysterical. She was screaming. I checked it out! Tom the burglar! No way! I couldn't hear another word. My ears were ringing, my eyes were getting blurry, and my legs buckled, and I fell down. The last thing I remembered was Tom's sly smile, and the rest you already know. When I woke up, my head was literally pounding. Of course, the creep had put something in my glass. Tom had bagged everything he could find, and now he was about to flee the scene of the crime with his girlfriend. I used you to steal your family's money. I felt so sorry for myself, but wanting to rip that bastard to shreds helped me pull myself together. Meanwhile, Tom and his girlfriend jumped in the car. I ran to my dad's office. The safe was open, and there were bills scattered around. So that's why Tom was asking all those questions. He wanted the password to the safe, and apparently, he had succeeded. I rushed downstairs to the main entrance. I opened the doors and saw Tom's car heading for the gate. Well, I'd have to give chase. I wouldn't want to give up everything that belonged to my family that easily. But the tire of my car was flat again. It was in the same place it had been in the parking lot. Now I knew 
Tom had a whole plan to lure me into his web. He slashed my tire outside the school, and that bouncer didn't just show up at the gym. Tom had sent him too. That bastard had to do everything he could to get me to like him. Well, he succeeded. He had me wrapped around his finger so easily, I ran out into the road in a panic. But all I had to do was to watch the crooks car leave the grounds of the mansion. Exhausted, I sat down on the pavement and wept bitterly. Suddenly, the sound of a police siren was heard somewhere nearby. This was my last chance to set things right. As I ran out the gate, I saw Tom and his girlfriend being detained by the police. Standing next to the police car was my Lily. My friend rushed toward me. Are you okay? I am now. Did you call the cops? Yes, right after the call. We hugged. I was so grateful to Lily for being there for me. You're lucky. The robber took a long time with the safe and didn't have time to get away, said the policeman who came up to us. Thank you, officer. I walked over to the patrol car. Tom was sitting in the back seat, handcuffed. He looked at me with eyes full of hate. I smiled and waved. The police left, and Lily and I went back to my place to celebrate my rescue. By the way, that story had taught me something. After I'd almost lost everything, I realized that I was worthless on my own. So it's time for me to change. I'm learning to be kinder and better, and Lily's helping me do that. What life events made you change? It would be great if you could tell me your story in the comments. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Bye! It just can't be. My life has never been so similar to a bad Mexican soap opera. Is it a coincidence? I hopefully looked at my parents. No, Goldie. It's not a coincidence. He shared his blood with you. Oh no. I wish I was dead. Hi, my name is Goldie, and I just recently found out that my worst enemy saved my life. I have no one to blame for that accident except myself. What a stupid idea it was to ride a scooter when you have no idea how to operate it. But I lost my mind when I saw this beautiful thing of mine in the parking lot of the school, or rather two of my beauties, a brand new scooter and my boyfriend Duke. I have been dreaming of having an iron horse for years, and now Duke got me one for my birthday. I quickly jumped on it. My hands were on the rough black handles, and I almost screamed with happiness. I'll show you how to ride it. Duke promised, smiling happily, but I couldn't wait. I want to start it up. My boyfriend turned the ignition key, gripped the brake handle, and pressed the start button. The scooter's engine rumbled and it sounded like the most beautiful music in the world to me. Duke put his arm around my waist. I'll teach you how to ride it and we'll go for a spin. Why wait? I clutched the handle of the scooter with all my might and cranked it toward me. The iron horse took off at a speed far greater than I expected. After all, my boyfriend didn't skimp on the gift and chose the best and most powerful thing for his girlfriend. Goldie, look out! It was the last thing I heard before I flew out onto the road right under the wheels of a speeding car. That was how I ended up in a hospital bed. I was unlucky in one respect. I was not wearing any protection at all at the time of the accident, but I was lucky that the paramedics came fairly quickly. I lost a lot of blood, but my brain was intact, there were no broken bones, and I felt pretty good now, until I found out who helped me stay alive. 
After the accident, I urgently needed a blood transfusion. And once again, I was lucky. A suitable donor was found within hours after the information about the accident and the request for help had spread around the school. However, my parents and Duke shared the name of the donor with a rare blood type with faces that would have been more appropriate at a funeral. Here, my boyfriend handed me some papers. I ran my eyes over them and tripped over the most hated name in the universe. Sean Glams. It sounded like a verdict. My parents confirmed it wasn't a mistake or a coincidence. My worst enemy showed up at the hospital when he found out I needed blood and became a donor. Did you see him? I turned to Duke. He nodded. Yes, we ran into each other in the hallway. And? Was he gloating? You'd be surprised, but no. Jerkshawn was acting all sorrowful. Jerkshawn. That was the nickname by which all my family and friends knew Sean Glams. My war with Sean had been going on for exactly five years, ever since I transferred to a new school. And in those five years, the guy had proven himself to be a real jerk. He didn't like me right away. I got my ass kicked by that idiot as soon as I stepped into the building. At first, my parents laughed at Glam's antics, calling them odd signs of affection. But as time went on, the longer I went to Redwood High School, the less we joked about it. Jerkshawn used to bully me using the most elaborate means possible. He was irritated by my grades, my accomplishments in drama club, the car my dad drove me to school in, the friends I met on my first date, the handsome boyfriend who treated me so well. It was like Sean was angry that I existed. My parents tried to talk to Sean himself, to his parents, to the principal, but to no avail. The straight-A student and the face of the school was untouchable. The face, I would have called him something else. Why did he do it? I still couldn't figure it out. Goldie, what surprises you? Even an idiot like that can't walk past someone else's pain. That's right. Mom smiled. I bet he realized he wasn't being fair to you. Duke and I looked at each other, thinking the same thing. Sean Glamps came to his senses? Nonsense! Anyway, I gradually recovered, and within a few weeks, I was able to return to normal life. The class greeted me with applause. Yeah, congratulations to this arrogant fool for not ending her epic ride right in heaven. I was still angry at myself for my carelessness, but there was something else that was bugging me. I had to meet Sean and talk to him. I found my greatest enemy by the fountain in the schoolyard. He was flipping through his book, and when he saw me, he tried to duck out of it. Stop right there! We never really liked each other, but this time, my tone was so firm that he didn't argue, so he stayed where he was, looking down. I looked around, making sure no one could hear us, and asked, Why did you do that? What do you want? The guy looked at me with his angry eyes. I saw the paperwork. Why did you become a blood donor? You hate me, don't you? Sean was quiet for a minute, and then he blurted out, Don't be ridiculous. Do you think our fights are more important than a human's life? It just so happens that we have the same rare blood type. Those were the last words I was prepared to hear from this angry, jealous guy. Too bad he didn't think my ruined nerve cells were more important than our fights. Anyway, he did help me. As you can understand from the incident, I have always been a very emotional person. I was in that moment too, as I hugged a stunned Sean and whispered in his ear, Thank you so much, I owe you one. 
The boy wasn't lost for long. Quickly, he broke free of my embrace and left. But I don't forget a good deed that easily. I needed to do something sincere and big for my savior, like a thank you. And I had already thought of what it would be, but I'll tell you about it a little later because the story of the accident was getting more and more detailed. I still had to see the doctor once a week. Dr. Whiteman questioned me in detail about my well-being and studied the results of my tests. I felt fine. Only occasionally I complained about headaches. Everything is within normal limits, the doctor reassured me. The headaches will pass soon. The main thing is that the sensitive young man didn't hesitate to share his rare blood. Sensitive? I frowned. The nurse told me that he was not himself when he came to the hospital. Eyes frantic, handshaking, almost crying. Is he a close friend of yours? Closer than I thought, I muttered to myself. I couldn't even believe it. Was Sean really that worried about my life? What else could explain his strange behavior on the day he came to donate blood? After the hospital, I went to Duke's garage. My boyfriend liked to spend his time there, endlessly fiddling with his iron friends, his car, and motorcycle. It doesn't make sense. He shrugged when I repeated the doctor's words. Maybe Jerk Sean was upset about having to find a new victim. We laughed, but somehow sadly. Maybe he's not such a jerk? I said thoughtfully. Yeah, and I'm a distant relative of Barack Obama. We laughed again. That would have been nice. I hugged him and nodded at my scooter, which Duke was slowly restoring. How's it going? Pretty good. Almost no damage, just a bit of a problem with the brakes, but I'll fix that. We could joke all we wanted, but the fact remained that Sean had shown himself in a very different way this time. And I probably shouldn't call him a jerk anymore. After all, I wouldn't be able to hug my boyfriend and see my parents anymore without that jerk. So here was my plan. The first thing I did was go to the reporters of our school's YouTube channel. They of course were aware of my story and were happy to help. We filmed a short video that I was planning to show to the whole school at the year-end event. As always, on the last day of school, the entire Redwood school staff gathered in a huge auditorium to congratulate and award the very best students. Of course, no one could compete with Sean Glam's accomplishments. A straight-A student who created four terrific projects this year, the best in the city and the state, Sean took the stage to loud ovations. The principal shook the guy's hand. But I'd like to name one more, Mr. Glam's most important accomplishment this year. The principal nodded. The lights in the auditorium went out, and the video we shot with the reporters appeared on the huge screen. In my mini-interview, I talked about the complicated relationship that Sean and I had. Major enemies, pure hatred with no chance of a truce. But life decided to make adjustments. Who would have thought that one day, I would be able to thank Sean so sincerely, to thank him for anything at all? The video projection of me wiped away her tears and smiled but I'm so grateful to him for saving my life. Thank you, Sean. The video ended and the auditorium literally exploded with applause and enthusiastic shouts. Students and teachers chanted, thank you, Sean, while he stood in the middle of the stage, white as a ghost. His eyes wandered from one face in the crowd to the next. Then he turned to the principal as if seeking protection. And then he turned to me. I was sitting in the front row. Stop it. I read my savior's lips. Stop it! Come on, young man. The principal patted him on the shoulder encouragingly. You deserve it. Thank you, Sean. The crowd kept chanting. No. I thought Glams was going to cry, 
I felt uncomfortable. No, no! The cry of the best student silenced several hundred voices in an instant. We all stared at Sean, unsure of what had frightened him. I didn't save Goldie. That's not what happened. Stop it. You don't know anything. The guy stormed out and ran for the exit. He ran past me with a twisted look on his face. There was silence in the hall for a few seconds. I jumped up from my seat, nodded at the distraught principal, and went looking for Sean. I found my savior by the same fountain where we first met after my return from the hospital. Sean was sobbing so desperately that he didn't even notice me approaching. And when he did, he took a step to the side. Go away! I can't live with this anymore! With what, Sean? I don't understand. It's my fault! The guy sobbed again. The accident happened because of me! I felt like I was hit on the head with a dust bag as if the meaning of his words was making its way to me through a dense fog. I saw your stupid boyfriend bringing the scooter into the parking lot. He went off to look for you, and it was like I had lost my mind. I stood there staring at that damn scooter for ages, and then I went over and broke the brake lever. By the time I realized what I'd done, it was too late. But the accident wasn't because of a faulty brake. It was because I wasn't watching where I was going. I wasn't even thinking about slowing down. Of course, Sean was a monster, but he has already shown remorse for what he did, and I owe him my life. Do you think I should tell Sean what really happened, or should he continue to suffer from remorse? Leave your opinion in the comments. Your support is very important to me. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.